0: back to bing bing colt uh today because it's
1: still spooktober halloween halloween it's our halloween episode we're really excited so we're gonna do some murders yeah we're gonna do halloween related murders spooky murders to get you all in
0: the mood yeah the mood that's
1: what it mood <laughs> all
0: right let's flip the quarter let's see What is it? It's heads. I can't remember. Your heads. (laughs) heads. I was like, what? We took a week off and we don't know what's happening. We do not know. (laughs) We forgot
1: what to do. Forgot how to do notes. Yeah. How to sit. How to sit. We had to i I don't know. I plugged my headphones into my laptop and not into the recorder at first. It's not where it goes. We're a mess. It's okay, but we'll we'll get through this together. Yeah. Just hang on tight. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about the toolbox killers who went on a spree that all culminate on Halloween night. Yeah, something like that. So <laughs> their, me- their, their names are Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. And let's start with some background. Lawrence Bittaker was born in 1940 to a couple who didn't wanna have children And then he was placed up for adoption. Hmm. He was adopted as an infant and his adoptive father worked in aviation, so they moved around a lot. Uh, However, Bitteker was always kind of a criminal. He was arrested for the first time at 12 for shoplifting. Um, And throughout the years he was arrested for crimes including auto theft, hit and run, and burglary. So. Mostly just stealing shit, and you know if you hit someone with a car, it's and not you're so good. And you're stealing things. Th- and yeah, you're gonna run. Um, so while he was living in California with his parents, he was arrested for car theft. Um, and it was a hit and run, and then evading arrest because he ran. Um, not wise decisions. No. He was sent to California Youth Authority until he was 18 years old, and once he was released, he discovered that his parents had abandoned him. Oh.
0: Yeah. Aw, he gets abandoned twice. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. He never saw them again. Oh my god. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah, abandoned once as a baby, abandoned twice at 18. At that point, you really think something's wrong with you.
0: I feel like that could be a song. It kind of sounded like lyrics. Oh, yeah. I guess maybe. It'd be a really sad country song. It would.
1: Uh, Or like a hardcore metal song about murder.
0: Just like screaming like, I Ah. was led (laughs) twice. Exactly. And meant to be a singer, obviously. Meant to be.
1: So throughout the years following being released from california youth authority he was in and out of prison prison for various theft related crimes i didn't want to get into it because it would take forever there were a lot of them just kept it going yeah and at one point he was in prison for like 15 years i'm like how do you have this much life right and you keep going yeah well and the thing is though he was only really only ever out of prison for a few months hmm like he just kept getting caught. He's not very good at not getting caught. Yeah, it doesn't
0: seem very bright.
1: Yeah, even though they say he has an IQ of like 138, but IQ tests are stupid. Mhm. Um so in 1974, Bittiger was charged with assault with a deadly weapon after stabbing a clerk just under the heart after being confronted for stealing a
0: steak. Dang, at least he went big that's still a steak a whole steak like should have gotten the potatoes and like uh, some yeah line at I least think. get everything go to with, go yeah, yeah. Mm. so the
1: clerk barely survived and Bettiker ended up at the California men's colony in San Luis Obispo so funny story I recently went on a road trip to uh like, San Luis Obispo and north of there. And I
0: drove past the men's colony. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Is it, like, a prison? It's a prison. That's weird that they call it a colony. Right? Because anything, like, nudist colony, you're like, oh, they're, like, no. harmless. That's it, not. I had to Google it. I was like, what is this place? That's not nice. Yeah, it's a prison. Like, literally not a nice.
1: men's colony.
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: Yeah. So that exists. Now, you know, it's in San Luis Obispo, which is a great place. So of maybe gorgeous. that's why they call it that because they don't want to. The perception of it. Yeah. The perception of the prison. Like to we be don't have prisons. We have
0: colonies. Yeah. And
1: I think it's like a max prison. Nice. So don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I think it is. Okay. So let's move on to Roy Norris. He was born in 1948. So he's just a little bit younger than Bedecker. And he was conceived out of wedlock, but his parents married to avoid social stigma, as you do. I mean, it's 1948. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad worked in a scrapyard, and his mom was a housewife with a drug problem. Which it's the 50s, so I feel like that's pretty much the stereotypical 50s yeah. housewife. Because if he
0: had like any problem, they'd be like, "Just take this drug."
1: Yeah, exactly. Or drink. Nor is his mom stereotypical housewife with a drug problem. But it seems like it was more than just you know taking a pill to get through the day because he went between his living with his parents and in foster care for most of his childhood, and he was often neglected by his parents and foster families, and he claims to have been sexually assaulted um, by a foster family. Ugh, it's so sad. Yeah, it's really fucked up because like I don't know. He, I feel like these guys just they got. I don't know. The one seems like he was given to a pretty good family. And then and he's then he still was just like,
0: well, I don't like me.
1: Yeah. But this guy was kind of given a shit yeah, deal. Um, so I think they act out too. Yeah. Well, I think that maybe, I don't know. I don't know what root their problem is. I'm not a psychologist. Yeah. But at the age of 16, Norris visited a female relative in her 20s and spoke to her in a sexually aggressive manner. Uh, She ordered him to leave and told his father, and his father beat him. So Nora stole his dad's car, drove into the Rocky Mountains, and attempted to commit suicide by injecting air into an artery in his arm. That's like the most
0: brilliant, like, how does he know to do that?
1: (sighs) I mean, yeah. Because we're in like
0: the 50s, right? Yeah, that's true. How does a 16-year-old in...
1: Uh, let's see, it would be 60, it would be early 60s.
0: Yeah, like, that's very impressive that he would know to do such a thing.
1: Yeah, it really is, actually, I didn't think about that. Wow. Maybe uh, he saw it, like, on
0: a show or whatever. I don't know. I don't know, yeah, maybe. Hmm.
1: Well, after that, he drops
0: out of school. So, unsuccessful.
1: Unsuccessful, he survives, and then he gets caught for being a runaway. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot that part. And he drops out of school and joins the Navy at 17.
0: That's which good. I guess
1: back then you could do that because Vietnam yeah. War. Yeah. Yeah. Took you at any age. <laughs> Come on over. 12 years old. That's fine. Uh, he ended up being medically discharged after committing multiple sexual assaults. Hmm. And once he was discharged, he continued sexually assaulting and raping women and he was arrested several times over the years for it yeah and it would again like the last guy it would have taken forever to go through all of them there were so many instances and they were pretty brutal um yeah he was not gentle with his raping
0: oh sorry i said that guys (laughs) i mean i don't think you're ever gentle with it but like he was extra he was extra brutal yeah xl non-gent
1: and if you're super sensitive to things, this gets pretty sexually assaultingly brutal. Just so skip. you might want to skip for a little bit. No, like just until Heathers. Yeah, that's it. just skip <laughs> yeah, until. Just skip until Heathers because it, it gets rough. Not. Yeah. So in 1975, he was released once again. And at this point, he had been declared by doctors as someone who was of no further damage to others. So they felt completely fine just letting him go again well three months later norris approached a 27 year old woman walking home from a restaurant in redondo beach and for those of you who don't know that's like la la beach la beach area and offered her a ride on his motorcycle When she declined, Norris parked his motorcycle and grabbed the woman's scarf, twisting it around her neck, before informing her he intended to rape her and dragging her into nearby bushes. Of course, she was fearing for her life, so she didn't resist the rape. Um, Norris was convicted for the rape and sent to, guess where? The California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo. And then our friends meet.
0: Yes! So Love this story at the colony. Yes! This
1: insert meet cute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was no swiping, but
1: they would no. have swiped together. They would have swiped. Uh, this was a match made in heaven after a couple of years of getting to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. So they did. They meet sorry, I skipped ahead a little bit. They meet in San Luis Obispo. Um Bideker at this point is thirty eight. Norris is thirty. Um and yeah, they after a few years of getting to know each other, they start bonding over shared fantasies and torturing
0: and raping teenage girls. I think they're doing like arts and crafts like scrapbooking with like torturous things. Ooh, maybe. Like, do they scrapbook at prison?
1: I don't know. I would scrapbook in prison. I don't know what I would scrapbook, though, because it's not like you can take photos you can't have, or... And you
0: can't do scissors, so you're just like... Maybe in special prisons, you can have scissors. Just tearing get, the pages. You get to, like, really dull ones. Or like, yeah, like the children's ones. Yeah, and they're all, like, lefties, because they're hard to, like, cut. I don't know. Mm, that doesn't do I it. I don't think that they're wouldn't allowed do anything. to do that. No. Okay. I don't well. know. Maybe
1: they have other arts and crafts. They might have supervised arts and crafts. I feel like it would be a therapeutic thing. I think so. Probably not in the 70s, though. No, not so much. Although this was the men's colony. I have. So (laughs) Norris told Bideker at one point that the biggest stimulation for him was seeing young women frightened, and that's why he kept getting arrested.
0: He liked it.
1: Yeah, he well, and that's generally why people mm-hmm. do that, because they like it. But he specifically liked seeing them frightened, which I think that that's pretty common, too, for at least people that do, um, that rape people they don't know. Yeah, that's the power of it. Um, and Bittaker actually didn't have any sexual offenses prior to this. But he told Norris that if he ever raped a woman, he would kill her, so he didn't leave a witness. Hmm yep so together they fantasized and plotted the when they were released they would abduct rape and murder teenage girls aged 13 to 19 they wanted to target a girl of each age just, just really specific like we want one of each age it's like their collection
0: yeah it's, just, it's gross the most morbid collection
1: well and of course, because our government can't seem to realize that these guys are fucked up, they get released again. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you can't keep people in prison forever if Yeah. If they're they're not murdering people they're and they're so well behaved.
0: Yeah. But like they're murdering women. Exactly. There's and they're no in a women. men's colony. Yeah.
1: Maybe just keep them in an- another men's colony. Maybe they need to do like experiments,
0: like dress guards up as like women or something (laughs) see what happens oh that's fucked up it is but it will be another social experience i mean (laughs) no guard would be okay with this but it's a thought right it's
1: something or we just put them all in like a burning man style Mm -hmm. colony Mm -hmm. of men that are sexual predators and they can all just live there together yeah they can have stores they can have bars do whatever they want no women
0: exactly Sounds cool. like a
1: plan. All right. Okay. So, in November 1978, Bittaker is released and moves to Burbank, California. Oh, hi. Which is, like, our neighbor right here. Yes, they are. Um, for those who don't know, that's also Los Angeles. And he gets a job as a machinist for an aircraft manufacturing company. Now, here's my thing. He has been committed of how many crimes and gone to prison and he's barely out for months at a time. How the F can he get a job for an aircraft manufacturing company? Right.
0: Oh boy. What I just don't all right, seventies. Yeah. So many things could go wrong with play Oh boy. But like and I get it, like he was I mean, but he was a thief. Yeah. Still not copper. I'm sure the news copper. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know a place Probably. I don't know. Magic. They work from magic. They deal out of air into Yeah, it. exactly. That's what they teach you in flight attendant training. <laughs> it's magic. That's <laughs> <It's just>
1: magic. <laughs>
0: oh, God. Oh. No, it's a joke. It's, no, it's a joke. A joke. <laughs> just, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything. Everything's
1: fine. Um. So... Norris is then released a few months later in January 1979 and moves in with his mom in a trailer park in L.A., I think near Redondo. Um, and he's able to get a job as an electrician. I guess he was an electrician in the Navy, so he had some experience at least. Makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it's—so oh Bitaker actually earned a reputation for being generous and helpful. Donating, he donated to the Salvation Army. He handed out food and wine to the homeless in downtown. Wow. Like,
0: yeah. Fancy person. Fancy, and this, fancy criminal. This is
1: what always happens. Like, it's always the people that have reputations for being nice because that's how they lure people mm-hmm. in. Um. So in February 1979, the men meet up At a bar downtown and start to plan their, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Their bingo game. Their bingo game. (laughs) Their very fucked up game of Of bingo. bingo. Uh, They buy a 1977 GM cargo van. Can you guys guess what this van looks like? Is it brown? No. Or red? No. I don't know. It looks like a stereotypical child kidnapping van. Mm. Actually, I don't know. It could be brown. I'm assuming it's white. I think I saw a picture of it. It's probably white. I think it is. Um, But they bought it specifically because it had sliding glass doors. So it was perfect for like snatching up women because you barely have to open the door. Just snatch them on up. And it had no side windows. Mm. There's a reason that these vans are child predator rape vans Yep, they're perfectly created for they it.
0: really are whoever invented this van but it's like also perfect for construction and stuff so it's like it's a I mean you don't have to not have windows for construction those stuff can fly out the window uh,
1: I mean I guess just maybe make Put, them like bars proof. up maybe yeah. over the windows I don't know rape vans are scary so yeah. let's just not make them anymore so they named the van Murder Mac.
0: Oh, at least come up with like a better. Right?
1: It's a terrible name. If mm. you're going to have a murder van. Murder Mac. Murder, like, like, like Mac, a Big Mac. Like, yeah, like a Big Mac. No, I don't like I have that no all. idea. And the men installed a bed in the back of the van mm. and stocked it with a cooler spare clothes and tools. Hmm. Mm hmm. So, from February to June, the men do practice runs. They pick up over 20 women, and they don't harm them. They're just testing out different methods of luring women into the van. Which is actually really smart.
0: Yeah, they're just practicing. Yeah, practicing. Exactly.
1: And then they find a secluded fire road in the San Gabriel Mountains. Mm -hmm. um, And it's a chained-off fire road, so they
0: break the lock and replace it with a lock of their own. That's kind of brilliant, right? Too. When I saw that, I was like, "That's fucking smart!" Wow, they've got like they've got some moments. I really hope a future serial killer isn't That's listening any. to this because don't do that.
1: It's not smart at all. It's terrible. You ideas. will definitely get caught when someone goes to check.
0: Yeah, the fire. The fire road, or like when a fire happens. Yeah, so, you know
1: nothing like how much they got away with will happen. Yeah, this is also like seventies, eighties. It call. is true. So. It was a free for all. Exactly, yeah. you could get away with a lot of shit in the seventies and eighties. Um, so, in June 1979, sixteen-year-old Lucinda Schaefer is walking home from a senior high youth fellowship at her church. No,
0: Sounds I think like the sweetest
1: one. <laughs> uh, this one, yeah, it breaks my heart. So the men offer Lucinda a ride, which she declines. They then offer her weed, which she declines. Obviously, do they not? They probably don't know she's walking home from church. Uh, They then decide to drive ahead and park. Norris then exited the vehicle, opened the passenger side sliding door and leaned into the van with his head and shoulders obscured from view behind the door. So it looked like he was like doing something inside the van so that Mm -hmm. Lucinda wouldn't be scared off by walking by him. Um, so when she passed the van, Norris exchanged a few words with her before dragging her into the van and closing the door. Oh. This is precisely the fuck why I never walk by people next to their cars. Yep, I walk the uh,
0: like around. Yeah, I will the walk other side. so far away mm-hmm. from someone, or if I'll they're... walk like in the middle of the street. Like if I, I yep. Know.
1: Or but I will if it's in like a parking lot. I'll slow down until they like walk away from their car Mm -hmm. and close the door yep i'm nope 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 big way too fucking paranoid because of this shit because this really happens it still happens too like yeah
0: this is not just movies Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so be safe especially halloween guys be careful yeah halloween's fucking crazy Anything goes. I got my first parking ticket on Halloween, assholes. No. Yeah, I was parked like an inch over the line on the curb. Like, I wasn't even like, parking ticket at 2 o'clock in the morning on Halloween. Anything goes on Halloween. Yeah,
0: they're, someone's <laughs> pissed. They're like, I'm working Halloween.
1: Just want to take my anger out. Um. Okay, where was I? so Norris drags Lucinda into the van, closes the door. Bitteker then turns up the radio to drown out the sound of her screaming, because what you going to do when you get drugged into a van? Norris binds and gags her, and then they drive to their fire road, where the men take turns raping and torturing her. Um, I guess, like, one would rape and the other would go take a walk, and then they would trade off. Uh, She asked the men at one point if they were going to kill her, and they said no. She then did not believe them and requested to pray if they were going to kill her. Yeah, they didn't do that. Yeah, no. They didn't tell you. No, they didn't let her pray. Um, Bitteker. Wait, hold on. That's not what happened. Okay. Norris attempted to strangle her, but he walked away and threw up. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it, which is surprising because he was the one that had been violent towards women. Yeah. So, but I don't think he ever really wanted to kill someone. I think Bitteker was more so, like, from what sounds like, the one that actually wanted to kill people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Norris just wanted to rape frightened women. Yeah. So, he walks away, throws up. Bitteker then takes over. He goes into his toolbox and gets a coat hanger to wrap around her neck and uses a pair of vice grips to tighten it. Or pliers. I read it was vice grips somewhere, pliers somewhere else same kind of thing same con like reaction. yeah action so they tighten. Ty- so then i guess they don't really have to use their hands mm-hmm. they just let the coat hanger do the job oh. um and then they threw her body off the mountain Sad. into a canyon was her body ever found no. no hers was not poor family okay so two weeks later on July 5th, 1979, Norris and Bitteker see 18-year-old Andrea Hall hitchhiking down the PCH in Manhattan Beach. Um, when Andrea got in the van, she thought that it was only Bitteker. Uh The men thought she was more likely to get in if there was only one of them. So Norris hid under the bed in the back of the van and Bitteker offered Andrea a drink and as she went to the back of the van to get it from the cooler, Norris tackled her to the ground. Andrea fought back, but Norris was able to subdue her and they again take her back to the road and the fire road, their own little private oasis and uh here's the thing about that they're driving from all over the place to the san gabriel mountains yeah and i have to keep reminding myself that this is the 70s because who the f is driving from manhattan beach to the san gabriel mountains or redondo beach to the san gabriel mountains like that's like a a thing yeah and plus they're probably driving from like burbank out there to do this anyway well, I probably don't. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Lot. I don't know. It's a lot of driving, but it's also the seventies, so True. it's not probably as not traffic. as much driving as we now think it is mm-hmm. now. Um, okay, so once they're at their fire road, they take turns raping her and taking photos. They decided after their first experience with Lucinda that they wanted to be able to relive the moment. So. Once they're finished raping her, Bedecker asks Andrea to list the reasons why he shouldn't kill her. Andrea does, and Bedecker decides the reasons aren't good enough, so he jams an ice pick in her ear. Oh my god. No. And then turns her over.
0: does the other ear.
1: And jams an ice pick in her other ear. Oh he's, no. And then he strangles her. And then throws her body off the mountain. We are not nice people. Nope. I believe her body was not found either. Okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> it does not get better, no. I promise. Okay. I don't like this at all. The oh. men lay low for a couple of months. Nothing really happens. But then they see 15-year-old Jackie Gilliam, Gilliam and 13-year-old Leah Lamp looking for a ride to the beach. The men offer the girls a ride, and they gladly get in because they're 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, I got into so many people's cars mm-hmm. that I should not have gotten into.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't know how I'm alive. I have no idea either. I get it. But I guess I did avoid white vans. That was not one. Yeah, that's true. And there were times when
1: I was like walking in the middle of the night in the rain and people with my friend and people offered us rides and we were like, no. Yeah. They like offered us weed. And I think one was a van that came by a couple times and offered us things. Yeah. I I was like, like,
0: no. Be like
1: raining. And we're like,
0: no, No, I'm good. I'm really good. Can you you send a a different car? (laughs) please?
1: I think the one when it was raining was driving a Jeep. Mm. So it was like open air, I could've just jumped out. Oh yeah. But still like still it was like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you're like, no, you're like dead. fifteen. This is not gonna be a thing. Um but I I get it. Like when you're that young you're not the wisest in person. the seventies. So the girls became concerned. They do everything right. They become concerned because as is driving away from the beach Um, And he claimed he was looking for somewhere to stop and smoke weed, but the girls protested and they wanted to get out. So, Bittiger parks at a tennis court where the men begin assaulting the girls. Um, Norris hits Leah with a sock full of BBs as she's trying to escape. Then he starts wrestling with Jackie and Bittiger smashes her in the face as she tries to exit. A tennis player spots them and Bitteker said the girls are having a medical episode and they drove away. Oh my god, yeah. The men then drive the girls to their same back road. This time though, instead of photos, they decided to use a tape recorder. So they rape the girls. And. Norris forces Jackie to pretend to be a cousin he's always liked you know I just made that connection that's probably that relative that he made the sexual comments towards Yeah, but yeah he forces her to act like her Um, Bittiger then Bittiger hits Jackie with an ice pick and then strangles her I wonder if he put it in her ear too it didn't say I couldn't find it that anywhere um, Leah tried to get away, but Bitteker hit her with a sledgehammer and then strangled her while Norris smashed her in the head with a sledgehammer. So I guess Bitteker hit her with the sledgehammer and then strangled her and then Norris picked up the sledgehammer. It's like, okay. And then hit her in the head.
0: At least they went semi-fast.
1: Yeah, these ones didn't seem to be as... Torturous.
0: Torturous. Um, I mean girls, though. They did, like, they did try to leave. Yeah. But how do they know how old these people are when they're picking them up? Because, like, they're trying to get their, check their boxes, like.
1: Well, oh, yeah. I get I don't think that they're really being that picky. I think they're I just, like, like they're young just girls. Like, yeah. We know now because we know who they were. But, um because, like, not, they didn't get all their ages. Although, actually, they got pretty close. Thirteen, fifteen and eighteen and sixteen so far. Okay.
0: They've so p- so far.
1: Maybe they I mean I guess you can kind of judge. Maybe. Um, not, not now. They <laughs> could've asked the girls.
0: That's you. Hey, how old you? No, now I already got that. During
1: general conversation maybe. Um before they, you know, attacked them. And then like Lucinda, she she said no to everything. They just grabbed her. Okay, so Halloween. Two months later, Halloween night, 1979. 16-year-old Shirley Ledford is looking for a ride um, in the San Fernando Valley, which is where we are. She's actually in the Sunland-Tahunga area, Hmm. which is not far from here. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bideker and Norris offer her a ride. Uh, it's thought that Shirley recognized Bittaker as she was a waitress at a restaurant that he frequented. The men decide this time not to drive all the way to the San Gabriel Mountains and instead rape and torture Shirley while driving. Hmm.
0: Which honestly, if you don't want to get caught, it's probably better than going up to a mountain. And Yeah. yeah. Also, serial killers, don't do that. A, p- a cop's going to pull you over. Yeah we are in a creepy van driving around on Halloween night. Yeah. yeah. And
1: if there's screaming coming from the van or... Yeah, they'll hear you. Come on. Don't be dumb. Just don't do anything bad to people. And there's CTV everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. They yeah. will catch you. You will be found. Um, so... Once Shirley's in the van, Norris drew a knife and bound and gagged her with construction tape. Then the men switch off... So Norris is now driving and Bittaker's with Shirley. Um, Bideker turns on the tape recorder and begins to slap her around and mock her. He starts getting more aggressive with her, telling her to scream repeatedly while torturing her. He uses pliers to twist her nipples. He rapes her. And forces her to pleasure him while he continues to torture her and tell her to scream um, he makes her say that she wants him he puts the pliers up her vagina and twists them Ugh. and then repeats the same thing in her rectum
0: oh my god yeah mm-hmm.
1: um, throughout the tape you can hear her begging for him to stop and Screaming a lot, Norris later describes hearing constant screams as he drove the van. Norris and Bitteker switch places, with Bitteker now driving, and Norris now in the back with Shirley. Norris shouts at Shirley to scream, or he'll make her scream. She responds that she'll scream if he stops hitting her, which, smart. Mm -hmm. Like, come on that's pretty smart of her especially after th- all she's already been through yeah um she begins to scream and norris encourages her until he doesn't and he gra- grabs a sledgehammer and hits her in the elbow oh. um so she then tells him not to hit her again and that he broke her elbow and so he then hits her with the sledgehammer and the elbow 25 times
0: Ooh, I like don't like this story at all.
1: Uh-uh. <laughs> then he asks, what are you sniveling about? Oh, Yeah. I'd hit you with a sledgehammer. After about two hours of abuse, Norris killed Shirley by strangling her with a wire coat hanger that he tightened with pliers. And they discard her body in a lawn in front of a house where a jogger finds her body. At least she was found. Yeah, she it's was found, which is but oh god. So that's Halloween. So don't go out on Halloween because that was that was rough. Um, so following the incident, Norris was telling an old jail friend, Joseph Jackson, about what they'd been up to. Like bragging yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean Ugh. he's an old friend from the men's colony, of course. Well, including details of murdering Shirley and additional times where they abducted, raped, and released women or attempted to abduct them them and were unsuccessful. However, Shirley's body is the only one at this point that's actually been found. Um, Joseph decided to report them to the authorities after consulting
0: with his attorney. So he's like, I'm not going back to jail. No.
1: Yeah. Good for him. Because... Imagine how many more
0: they would have kept. Yeah. Women
1: would have been tortured, so brutal, and thrown off a fucking mountain. <sighs> well, at least they're. Yeah, so uh, there were Polaroid photos of women found in the men's apartments. Police were able to identify sixty of the women who had not been harmed. Nineteen of the women had been reported missing, but they have no evidence that the women had been victims of the men. Um, There were photos of an unidentified woman in circumstances similar to the women the men murdered. Uh, Therefore, they think that there may have been at least one more victim that the men never mentioned, uh, or rather Norris never mentioned, Um, and that she was never identified, so no way to know. Uh, during the investigation, they played the audio tapes, and people cried, yeah. fled the courtroom, and puked. I would. I almost puked here. Yeah, there was some video that I watched, <gasps> not of the audio, but oh. it was of the trial, and they showed like clips of people running out of the courtroom, and like Too just much. looking disgusted. And but Bitaker was undisturbed by the recording he even said something about like parts being real funny and smiling through it ugh. which just makes it so much worse when you're listening to it Like, ugh. so an FBI agent uh, John Douglas described Bitteker as the most disturbing individual for whom he has ever created a criminal profile Mm-hmm. Uh, Bitteker testified on his own behalf because also like, egomaniac serial killers do. Mm-hmm. This is just a thing. In case you didn't know it, that's what they do. Um, so, he denied the murder, saying he paid the women for sex, theatrical screaming for the tape recorder, and the photos. Even saying he last saw the girls with Norris in his van.
0: Oh, okay. So, he tried to put it on Norris. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um But, because of that tape recorder... They hear you, honey. Yeah, they hear you. (laughs) He was sentenced to death for five murders on March 21st, 1981, and is currently still on death row at San Quentin State Prison,
0: because that's just how death row works, and he'll probably die of old age. He's like 80 now. Ugh. Maybe he's getting, like, tortured, because he
1: did do, like, 13-year-olds. That's true. Maybe. Maybe. Norris accepted a plea garden, plea garden, a garden. Plea yep. Yeah. No, a plea bargain, um, where he agreed to testify against Bittaker and he was sentenced to life in prison on May seventh, nineteen eighty, with a possibility of parole after thirty years. He was denied parole in two thousand and nine when he opted to not have a hearing because he hadn't come up with a plan of where he would live or work. Um,
0: well, I'll take that. Yeah.
1: He's up for parole again this year. Um, but so he's currently incarcerated at Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility. I don't know where that is. I don't either. Um, but according to the book, Serial Killer Letters, which by the way, sounds really interesting. The author published all of her correspondence she had with
0: serial killers. Oh, very interesting.
1: Yeah. So Norris was in this book. And he said he's nearly, he's in a cell nearly 24 hours a day and he has no desire to be free. Which, I mean, he's almost 80 years old. Yeah. I can't blame him because if he were to be free at this point, again, he would have to work and have a place to live. Mm -hmm. And he has, not like, food, like, do all the things. Yeah, he, right now he has food. We pay for him to live. Yeah. Like, he's comfortable. This has been his home forever. Ugh. So Gross. I don't
0: blame him for no, it. But that's but it.
1: That's the story of the Toolbox Killers.
0: I don't like it at all. I'm not a fan. No, it's absolutely terrifying. Mm. <laughs> all right, Heather, your turn. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I'm going to discuss the Candyman, or the man who killed Halloween. Candy Mountain sounds way more fun than the Candyman. So the Candyman's real name is Ronald Clark O'Brien he was born in Texas on October 19, October 19th, 1944. Ooh, so both in the 40s. Yeah. And her buds are, were together. So Ronald grew up to become an optician. And he lives in Pasadena, Texas. she didn't know there was a Pasadena, Texas. Yeah, I was about to say, did we also both cover California? That would be so, <laughs> They're actually like best friends, <laughs> you know. So Texas. And he married a woman named Diane, which is spelled... D A Y E N N E. Wait, what? Right? Like, D, no. w- wait, what? D A Y. D A Y E N N E. They, Day- they. Day- what? <laughs> like, it's a very <laughs> Texas A-N-N-E.
1: way. n D- e Okay, Diane.
0: D- I- I- you do you. You
1: were very um ahead of your time. I'm very Texas. I am Also, like.
0: very Texas. Very Texas. Or very LA 2019. True. <laughs> So they had two children, Timothy, who was born in 1966, and Elizabeth, who was born in 1969. So Ronald to the outside world and like their whole family just appeared to be like the perfect family, a wholesome man. He was the deacon at the Second Baptist Church and he sang in the choir and was actually in charge of the local bus program. So he was just like community man. Yes.
1: They're always community men. Always. Don't trust a community
0: man. Yes they got secrets they do the perfect people they're not perfect they're not no Mm -hmm. one's perfect just trust the ones that wear all their fucked upness on the outside yeah those are the real people are the real people exactly however obviously that image was soon to be destroyed on our all halloween night in 1974 ronald dressed as a character from the planet of the apes and took his kids trick-or-treating oh adorable he was joined by his neighbor and his two children. So there was basically six. There were six of them. So yeah, three. three, three, and three. So six of them. And after visiting a couple of houses, they came across a house that didn't open the door immediately. And the kids just didn't want to wait anymore because candy. Because kids. Because kids and candy. <laughs> candy. And they ran away. So Ronald decided to stay behind just in case the owner came back. Just in case. And he ended up catching back up with the group, and he had a handful of pixie sticks. Ooh. Yeah, he got lucky. Just yeah. They ended up coming. So he gave a stick to both of his children, the neighbor's children, and a random boy that was walking on the street that he knew from the church. So he's like, oh, I have an extra one. Here you go. Like, oh. happy Halloween. So generous. Very kind ma'am. And... Unfortunately, I guess it was raining that night, so they only went down a couple of treats, treats streets, and I mean valid treats streets, treats streets, treats treats streets. Treats. Treats, treats, treats. And so then they went home and just carried on their nightly routine. And right before bed, his son Timothy asked if he could have a piece of candy, as we all did of course Halloween, which I'm surprised only one. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure I ate all the candy you like go through it and you're like yeah i want all the good stuff yeah and then you're like okay i'll eat this mini and then these, and yeah well plus my dad would just steal the candy if i didn't eat it so no. i hid it candy yeah throughout oh my house. yep
1: oh yeah it was always hidden always he was searching for it too. oh you put out
0: like the bad candy where you're like i don't want this you're like here you go it's yeah <laughs> like, here's my candy it's
1: all of it there's, yeah there's no other good candy yeah, anywhere yeah. that's all i got pixie sticks are good candy too I At least know. as a kid they were. I haven't had a pixie stick in a long time. Now, now they're probably really bad. Well, now I'm probably never going to have one, so yeah. continue. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, of course, Timothy asked for one piece of candy, and his dad agreed. And, of course, Timothy chose the pixie, pixie stick. Oh, we let him choose which one. He got to choose it, okay. and he chose the pixie stick. All right. And the powder just seemed to be stuck in the tube, weirdly. And so Ronald just helped the son loosen it up. maybe it got wet i don't know i
1: remember pixie sticks getting
0: like wet and kind of difficult to deal with yeah so he just helps his son uh then timothy complained that the candy tasted bitter so ronald gave him kool-aid to help wash it down oh which also this is like right before bed and he's like here's all this candy like and and sugar (laughs) and kool-aid this isn't gonna affect you at all and of course it did and as soon as he finished the stick and the, the juice he complained of a stomach ache and immediately ran to the bathroom and began to vomit and began to convulse and eventually became limp in ronald's arms i know poor little baby and poor little timmy died on the way to the hospital only an hour after eating the candy (sighs) i know poor little baby he just wanted to go trick-or-treating and try to eat some candy yeah so they conducted an autopsy and discovered that Timothy had been poisoned with cyanide. And, of course, the community began to freak out and because, you know, where yeah. did this come from? Any child could be next. Like, what caused this? And so all of the parents gave their candy to the police, and they continued to investigate, and they discovered that the pixie stick was the culprit. Oh. And they were able to recover four out of the the five pixie sticks. Uh, and when they called the the family of the church boy, the one that was walking on the street, mm-hmm. they they freaked out because they couldn't find it. And they ran upstairs and they found their son in bed holding it in his hand. Oh, no. But he wasn't able to open it because yes. of the staples. So he Fuck had just fallen yes. asleep with it in his hand. So he was okay. but just, Child safety pixie stick for the win. Right. I'm like, <laughs> so put staples on. And these things to save these children, oh, but or if they'll s- eat the staple. Oh yeah, don't do that. Kids aren't also bright. Yeah. And when they tested the sticks, they discovered that all five of them had been opened, with the top two inches were placed with cyanide.
1: Yeah, because I yeah
0: that's. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's the top
1: a, two inches. Oh yeah, because it
0: was actually, yeah. It wasn't all cyanide. Yeah, just like for some you of don't it need was replaced. a lot. Yeah. Well. Two inches of cyanide is a lot. Why in the world? So the one that Timothy had taken had enough cyanide to kill two adults, and the other five had enough to kill three to four adults. So there was plenty of cyanide in them.
1: God, that's fucked up.
0: Uh, The police began to investigate the family and became suspicious when Ronald's answers began to change every time they talked to him. Hmm. Because it's always someone in your family uh initially ronald couldn't remember which house he got them from i don't know just i don't know where we got them. i mean
1: but to be fair it's true like halloween so like you're like i don't know yeah unless it's a particularly amazing house where they give you like the king-sized candy bars or you, like, steal the whole bowl because it's outside. Yeah. And yeah. even then, I might not remember because it's Halloween and, like, mm-hmm. if you don't know all of your
0: neighbors super well. Right. And you're just like, I don't know. I have candy. Or, like... Yeah. That's or if the kids d- are like, get two for me or, like, whatever. Yeah, you don't I, know. That's not too... Cr- like, I don't find that too suspicious. Yeah. But... So, the police took him and they walked around the neighborhood to see if he could recall which house gave, gave it to okay. him. Which is very, like, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like... Let's try to figure muscle it memory, out. Muscle memory, like, let's see. You'd have to do it like at night. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know when they did it. I just well, know obviously they, they, they didn't. <laughs> uh. So while they're walking, he remembered that it was the house that no one answered. Of course. Of course. That's what makes the most sense. Cause that's when he came back with with the pixie. With the pixie sticks. So he claimed that the house actually did open the door. They just opened it ajar. And some man just put his hand out and just happened to hand out six pixie sticks. Okay. Just like that amount. And he recalled that his arm was hairy. That's all he could remember. The mm. owner opened it a jar and he was hairy. So the police investigate the house and they discover that the male homeowner was a traffic controller at a nearby airport and was working Halloween until 11 p.m. I was waiting for you to say that his arms weren't hairy. <laughs> he, he actually was, like, prim and proper and actually waxed his arms. I mean, yeah. Which I, yeah. It's like, oh, ew. Oh, no. <laughs> like a perfect, like. But, you know. yeah, I mean, he was at work. Yeah, he was at work. So, clearly it's a him. Maybe the wife was having an affair.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: The daughter and the wife were there earlier in the night, but ran out. So, they decided to go do something. And they turned all the lights off and left. So, they also weren't there. So well, maybe the affair. Well, maybe yeah. it was the man that was there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why the wife was like, "Let's run out." Oh. Uh, or yeah, maybe that's why she said no one was there. Yeah, baby, the secrets unravel. <laughs> <laughs> so as they continued to dig- investigate, they discovered that Ronald actually had a thousand dollars in debt and had a hard time holding down a job. He had had twenty-one jobs in the previous ten years. Holy crap. And this is, is an optician, so it's like those are the very precise like Yeah. Job. He was
1: could he, there was no way he was good at his job. No. And also but like
0: and my first thought was a thousand dollars
1: in debt, but then again this was a hundred
0: thousand. Like, dollars oh a hundred I thought you said a 1, thousand. A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. And this is in the like seventies. Oh fuck. Yeah. That's a lot
1: of fucking That's money. A lot in of the money. 70s. He he
0: not doing so good. Uh his car had been repossessed and he had defaulted on several bank loans. And the house had been foreclosed on. Hmm. So he's not doing so oh. Yeah, not doing so great. But why murder children? That does
1: not help.
0: Because, as th- it always happens, he had taken out several insurance policies on both children, totaling $60,000, which is like not that much because you still had $40,000 of debt. Yeah. But. but he was hoping that he could ch- kill both children. Yeah. And get all of it this is so fucked up isn't it The like why did uh, i mean i get it they're stressed money but killing your children well and the wife had no idea about any of this so they're investigating her and they're like i didn't know and i just lost my son because my husband can't like handle it yeah yeah it's fucked up it's not nice lucky she didn't he didn't murder her as she was probably next I know he should have saved that extra pixie stick that he gave to the random kid to, for her. Yeah, okay. I don't, he's
1: not going to get money from that random kid.
0: Why? And that's the other thing. I, I guess that way he puts out random yeah. ones. Yeah. He was trying. He gave it to like yeah the the neighbor and the random kid so it wouldn't come back to him. Yeah, but no one else ate it. Just his, which is awful. And so it turned out that back in September he had visited a chemical store in hopes of purchasing the cyanide. But he left empty-handed because it was too much money to buy. And then he was arrested on November 5th, 1974, and was charged with one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. And during the trial, he continued to say that he wasn't guilty. Obviously, of course, he's going to say these, of course. And during the trial, two people came forward saying that he also came up to them asking for cyanide and where to purchase it.
1: There's, I mean, I guess it's before the internet. One, also, you don't look it up on the internet. No, do. Do look it do, up on the internet. Do look it up. Do, That's the best place to. to look these things up yeah. is on the internet. Yeah. But I
0: guess people were the internet back then. Mm-hmm. Like, where would you buy this? But also, like, why is cyanide... Why would you ever be able to buy cyanide? I still don't understand. Uh, you
1: probably can use it for something other than killing people. Kind of like how you can buy
0: other things that I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That could also kill people. True. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know. And I think cyanide probably wasn't... I mean, I don't know, because it's
1: still after, like, World War II, where people, you know, they were using cyanide to off themselves. Right. In the war. So, you would think that there would be less... Cyanide would be less... uh,
0: Prevalent. Prevalent, yes. I don't know. Um. Also, I mean, he could have used something else too, right? There's so many things. I don't like. I I don't know. I don't understand. It's probably the only thing he could think of because it's common. Yeah. He was like candy. We're gonna die. Like it's gonna be easy. Yeah. I can kill and off multiple people. Poisoning is such a women's way to do things, isn't too. it? Well, maybe he was the woman in the relationship. Clearly, because he couldn't handle his shit. Nope. Get out of here. <laughs> So on June 3rd, 1975, the jury took 46 minutes to find Ronald guilty and 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Good Good for them. them. It was fast and easy. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. She later remarried and uh, her husband adopted their daughter, Elizabeth. Aww. She got a good dad out of it. We hope. Yeah, I really hope so. Jail wasn't easy for O'Brien. Obviously, he killed. He's a child killer. People don't like that. But he did get lucky with his execution. They rescheduled it three times. As they usually do. Yes. But on March 31st, 1984, shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville Unit for anyone in Texas. Don't know where that is. And during the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators ga- gathered outside the prison and cheered, and yelled "trick or treat." That's fucked up, guys. It's really bad. <laughs> so fucked up. And others showered the anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy, so they like. <laughs> I love that. Just that's so it's so fucked up. It's so they took the death like yeah. Oh uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, yep. Oh, not. it's hilarious, but terrible. It, it, it's. It's kind of hilarious. It's It's, hilarious. It's so fucked up. but so funny. Yep. And in his final statement, he said, what is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I would forgive all of who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask for your forgiveness, just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us, respectively, as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. He can get the fuck out of here with that. (laughs) P.S. During my time here, I've been treated well by all TDC personnel. Like, he had to put a P.S. in there. Yeah. Yeah. At least I didn't have a P.S.S. Been treated well. I'm
1: I'm mad he was treated so well. Right?
0: Yeah. Like, P.P.S. I did do it. Just kidding. I didn't do it.
1: Yeah. Like.
0: But that is the. What if he didn't do it? He did it. But what if he didn't? Me? no he did it <laughs> 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 he did it. uh he's so what yeah. if the mom really did it and yeah just try to get she she was the one that put on a hairy arm and put her hand outside of the yeah the door like she was like i just went over to borrow some flour and then yeah. i found the pixie sticks in a hand yeah handed them over or something yeah maybe she was the affair maybe either way it's not nice well so, tonight I, was really sad and rough. And this I'm was rough. Sorry for everyone. It's a lot of sad deaths. But it's Halloween and there's candy, so... Happy Halloween! I'm gonna go eat my feelings now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not quite
1: Halloween.
0: Well. But there's still Halloween candy all over the place.
1: Yeah. So, enjoy your Halloween, guys. Don't get murdered. And you don't know, murder anyone either. Yeah, don't, don't be that person. Don't be an asshole. Also, this is why I don't eat food from strangers stranger danger
0: kind of weird because i like bake food for strangers it's like one of those things yeah at the office where you're like well who cooked this because you do have to think about it yeah we had like yeah. a super nasty person that used to work at my job and it, anytime i'd go to a party they would bring something and i'd be like
1: mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. no
0: who made that I'm like nope, 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 nope. nope people anytime someone offers me something like I'm like nope stranger danger yeah because you don't know if someone's house. And, well, I don't know if they're trying to murder me. It's true. And it's also like you go to a restaurant. You don't know. You could die. No. It terrifies me sometimes. I try yeah, not to think I about it. I don't like it. to think about it at all.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to go with the fact that you never know what's
0: going to happen. And you can die at any moment. Especially so. at a sushi restaurant. They could just give you some the blowfish. Yeah. Just be like, oopsies. Oops. I cut it wrong. Oops. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, <laughs> good, good luck, luck, everyone. Don't be all paranoid like we are. It's okay. Or do. Save That's your life. It's fine.
1: <laughs> we'll just go build a little underground shelter for all of us and yeah. live happily ever after there. Cook your own food. Wash yeah. your hands. Everything will be sanitized 12 times. Yep. Oh It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Thanks know the for drill. Listening. Um, go rate us. 5 stars if you liked us. If you didn't, bye. Yeah. We don't like you either. Just kidding. You're great. Uh, follow us on social media at bangbangcults on instagram
0: and facebook and email us at bangbangcult at gmail all right till next time Bye. bye